You're listening to Virtual Soundscapes on WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm your host, Matt Hurtado. Tonight, I'm joined by fellow Final Fantasy enthusiast, graphic designer, and senior manager of marketing and digital design at Bungie, Alana Servanak. Alana, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Matt. I'm so happy to be here with you. So, Alana, can you tell me how you went from designing art for board games to breaking into the games industry? Yeah, I had always wanted to get into the video game industry ever since I was a kid. Um, I went to college, had a background in graphic design, and, you know, I kind of jumped from freelance role to freelance role and had always been applying everywhere in the industry. Uh, always, always stick with it because I got a lot of rejections over the year. And uh, yeah, I was working at a board game company and there are a lot of applicable cross skills between the two, luckily. Uh, kind of the stars aligned, uh, right place, right time. Uh, you know, an indie publishing label had spun up in New York, which is where I was living at the time. And, you know, it just, it was the right fit for me. And, uh, you know, finally broke into the industry after a lot of struggle and a lot of applications. So again, just stick with it if you really care about it. So you, you mentioned that you, there's a lot of carryover between the designing art for a board game and key art for a game, which is for our audience. It's like any basic, it's basic. Why don't you describe it for me? It's, it's what, what is key art? You... Key art is basically like your main visual that you have for a game. So whether it's digital or physical, you know, it's going to be pretty much that piece of art that's in your face a lot on storefronts and on box art and whatnot that basically is at the core of your game. It is literally your key piece of art that describes your game. You know, it might showcase what kind of characters you're going to encounter, your adversary, uh, you know, what to expect for combat, environment, etc. Um, so it really is just meant to be your kind of guiding star as to what kind of game players are going to expect. What What makes an interesting piece of key art? for a game? I think that it's it's something that really should grab attention very quickly and should spark interest enough that it makes somebody look twice. And I think that in the industry, it's it's a crowded market. So you really only have probably a good 10 seconds to really get somebody's attention. And, uh, you know, there, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. You can do something very traditional that, again, is going to take 10 seconds to show a player everything that they can expect in your game. Or you can go completely the opposite and you can do something kind of abstract and almost a little bit confusing that is within the realm of the themes of your game. And it's intended to make players, again, look twice and be like, what am I looking at? Uh, I I'm interested to learn more about this game, which is my favorite kind of key art to do. I think that... Playing it too safe, you get lost in the competition. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of good opportunities to just take the core of your game visually and present it in an unexpected way. That's that's the fun part about key art is you can have it be a direct reflection of how your game looks, but you can do something really unexpected and nobody gets upset if the key art doesn't necessarily look like exactly how the game is going to look. So I'm always a big fan of doing something unexpected. You know, I I still remember specifically the the heavy rain box art and how it was just so confusing and so 
simple just being this I'm kind of downpour and puddle and this this piece of origami sitting there on this very ominous background and that was it and it was the kind of thing that you looked at and you were like not really sure what this game is about but it really makes me want to find out more about it thank you yeah that's that's super interesting what's is that your favorite piece of key art in a game or uh i would even though it is relatively new i have to hand it to elden ring i think elden ring is almost the most perfect piece of key art you could possibly have in gaming that is (laughs) it is it is just an artistic marvel it says a lot about what to expect with also somehow not really saying anything at all. Um, and it's it's really become one of those pieces of key art where I feel like even if you don't play Elden Ring, if you are just a gamer in general, everybody knows it. Um, it's, it's just, it, it took a lot of traditional key art kind of tropes and broke it in all the best ways. Um, I, know I, I look at that piece of art all the time as just a constant inspiration. Uh, it uh, that would definitely be my favorite currently. I, I agree. It's really good. Um, so you've you've come so far in in your career. You you were at Private Division. You you started off as a graphic designer and then eventually became an art director. And now you're senior manager of marketing and digital design at at Bungie's um, at Bungie. So what like how has your role progressed? Like what is that? What is your what does it entail now versus what you started as? So interesting in the gaming industry because art director can mean so many different things and it's really dependent on the studio or on the publisher. But, you know, I, throughout my five year now journey, I have really stepped into the role of overseeing at a very high level conceptually how marketing pieces should look, how art should look. Um, you know, I originally starting out in the industry was doing a lot of the execution work on something. And now it is more my job to bring a lot of different opinions from a lot of different teams in one room that sometimes might conflict with each other and figure out what exactly it is we're trying to say with something. Um, you know, how do we make all of these different opinions and these different pieces work together? And, you know, how do we visually represent what it is that we want to say and i now get to hand those notes and those thoughts off to really exceptionally talented people and i get to watch them execute it now which is also really fulfilling um just kind of in that more director level role to be able to see all these incredible people in the industry executing a vision you might have for something yeah do you ever do you ever miss doing getting your hands dirty in the art i do i definitely do uh it is a battle with myself sometimes to have a an opportunity to work on something and be like oh i could do this (laughs) but you know it's there's only so many hours in the day and that's that's why you build a team of experts um so you can again have that fulfillment of watching them get to execute but i definitely do miss rolling up my sleeves and doing the work i get occasional opportunities too and i really really cherish those moments still because yeah, nothing really feels as great as being able to put together a piece of art for something yeah i feel the same way when we're programming is involved it's like the more meetings i get into the more i'm like oh man i miss <laughs> the keyboard. right like headphones on just being yeah. like all right i'm in the zone <laughs> 
All right. Well, I saved I saved the most contentious question for last, Alana. Um, how do you feel about generative AI, and do you think it has any place in the industry as it stands today? No, it doesn't have. Well, okay, it it can have occasional places to make an artist's life easier, but the general answer I have for that is no. The thing about AI is, you know, it it can only take existing data from something. It doesn't ever have the opportunity to be truly original. And the best games of all time are games that do something different and something unexpected. Uh, and that goes from the gameplay all the way down to the art to everything. And you're just never going to get that experience with AI ever. I do think that there are good opportunities to eliminate some of the very small repetitive work that an artist might have to do, which just frees them up to make those really high level human creative choices. So that's like a, a small win. And I feel like at times it could potentially be applicable there. But, you know, you really, you look at games that are just created by people who are really passionate. Um, you know, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot. And that is a game that is just so full of detail and so full of human emotion and perspectives. And it's really what makes it such a fantastic game. You look at that game and you think, this is a technical marvel. And you can tell that it was created by people. Uh, you know, obviously, it's got plenty of Game of the Year awards to support that ideal. And, you know, that is just something AI is never going to be able to replicate. I think my favorite thing about working in games, and it's why I plan to stay forever, is I have met the most exceptionally talented, smart, passionate people in this industry. And it's genuinely really inspiring every single day. And you're never going to get that with a robot. It's the the work I have seen people in the industry do together as people, They're just creatives all in a room together, really thinking about something and just going through the process. It just, it cannot possibly be replicated by AI. So I have very strong feelings that the people in the industry are what make games great. And that is what we should continue to do. I totally agree. Alana, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome.